Buff Nation. Let's go. Let's go, man. Let's absolutely go. Great vibes today. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for their happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m. Shout out to those guys. We love them. My name is Jake Schwanitz, joined, of course, by RK. How you doing, man? It's another great weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think I said it on, like, Wednesday's show of last week. I was like, eh, seems like it's been a while since the Buffs got a commitment. It's got to be coming soon. Yep. Well, what do you know? We got three of them. Boom. Uh, one two and a half. Two and a half. I was going to say, <laughs> one's a little <laughs> underwhelming, but two that could be quite impactful. That's where we're going to start today with the news. We're going to be talking about the Coach Prime documentary in the second segment. And then, of course, get to your guys' questions. If you want to throw them in the chat right now, Kale will star them and we will get to them. But we start with the 2023 transfer class. Guess who's at the top now, Ryan? Colorado Buffalo. Speaking of things I said on the show last week, I said I'll put my name on it now. But when all is said and done, the Buffalo have the number one transfer class in the country. It took all of 48 hours after I said that for it to happen. Yes, it did. Um, they were hanging around the top five for quite a while. I think top three last week pretty consistently and now solidified at number one. Uh, Travis Hunter, of course, the headliner. Uh, but a few four-stars thrown in there, and we got another guy coming in from Florida, a former four-star recruit. Good luck. God help me. <laughs> Yusuf Mugarbil. Mugarbil? Mugarbil. Mugarbil? Mugar we're going to need your help. You yes. said only you can help us here. Yes. Uh, he was a 2021 four-star recruit. He's listed at six foot five, 311 pounds, and has yet to take a collegiate snap. Um, but a highly touted recruit, nonetheless, and another beefy guy to help the interior offensive line. Where's the beef? It's coming. Yes, sir. It's absolutely coming. Uh, again, just the fact that they're already starting to build depth Mm -hmm. On the offensive line, remember way back when when I said the hardest piece to add in the transfer portal is is offensive line, right? And they've added <clears throat> several starters. I don't know what the, more than two, I guess less than five, um, but they've added multiple starters and are now starting to add behind that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have options. They're going to have battles. They're going to have you know depth. At offensive line, it's just uh, shocking to me, honestly. Quality depth too. Four star, five star guys, six foot eight, six foot nine guys, true beasts on the offensive line. Yeah, Travis Hunter's gonna start uh, recruiting them to go and play in his <laughs> pickup game yeah. at the CU Rec Center. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, um, but some Instagram stories, Snapchats, etc., came out from that, and. Not surprising from you know a number one recruit in the country, but Travis Hunter can hoop. He can. He's got bunnies like oh. crazy. Yes, I I honestly wouldn't doubt that that he could do a free throw line dunk. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He's just flying through the air. At one point, he crosses this kid up to the point where like he the kid is like eight feet away from him when he shoots a three. Mm -hmm. Just just incredible. He is a special, special athlete for sure. One of the other big commitments we got, Miles Slusher. He transfers in from Arkansas. He's listed at six foot one, 196 pounds. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I believe he was a 2020 recruit. He's played the last three years at Arkansas, totally 93 tackles, two and a half sacks, 11 TFLs, two forced fumbles, and two interceptions. He's kind of a dog. 
Um, yeah. If you watch his tape at Arkansas, honestly, six one surprised me because he he's his body's a little bit longer than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, long limbs, and that makes him feel like maybe he has a little bit more range, um, but also can just lay the boom. And you know, has been playing in the SEC, like playing, playing. You know, yeah. not just like uh, the offensive lineman who right. was recruited to the SEC but didn't play. No, no. He's been playing in the SEC and laying licks on big time players, stronger players and bigger players than he's mm-hmm. going to be facing in the Pac-12. If I were to guess right now, I would say he starts. Yeah, he's very talented. Was a four-star recruit in the 2020 class, uh, according to 247's rankings, the eighth safety overall, 121st player nationally, uh, has been productive in spots for Arkansas. Now he gets to play under Coach Prime, Charles Kelly. Um, who else am I forgetting? Vincent Dancy, I think. Safeties, or not Vincent Dancy. Um, MVSU guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, geez. No, that is him. That is him? Dancy is MVSU. Dancy? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's going to get coached up. He's already got the talent. And the headliner of the weekend, Ryan, former JSU long snapper, Jacob Polite, transfers in. Uh, I want to be polite here and not say (laughs) anything. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Good for him. Hey, he must have had a good record of snaps at JSU. Um, We'll talk about the Coach Prime documentary in a minute here, but you saw the game where they basically won on his back. Yep. Um, Knocked through four, I think, field goals in the game. Mr. Mata, yeah. And... uh, can't kick the field goal without the snap. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know. Just a quick little takeaway. They've completely redone these specialist positions and brought in a lot of competition, at least, is what it seems. And that's pretty much going to be the theme, I think, going through spring and summer. So, yeah. All right. On to the 2024 class. A few notable prospects have listed there. We got a top 10 and a top eight. Um, James Madison, the second, is a four star wide receiver who. Introduce his top 10, Mizzou, Oregon, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Florida State, Penn State, South Carolina, Auburn, and CU. Wild, bro. (laughs) Um, It's just everyone. Buffs are in on everyone. They are in on absolutely everyone. You want to take a wild guess where uh, he went to high school? Can you give me a state? Florida. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes, sir. Well done. (laughs) Four-star recruit. Uh, according to 247's player rankings, 221 overall in the 24 class, consensus 177th overall. If they get Cormani McLean, I have a feeling the, the Florida to CU pipeline is going to explode. Mm-hmm. Now, it's probably going to either way. Right. Um, but the combination of Coach Prime, Travis Hunter, Cormani McLean in Boulder, I just have a feeling is gonna, going to make waves right uh among those recruits and just make a lot of guys think if they want to come to boulder with them for sure how about a guy from chicago though named justin scott who is a 247 sports composite five star a 247 sports four star he listed a top eight usc notre dame oregon miami ohio state alabama michigan cu let's go that is insane it really is it really uh, is. He's listed at six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds. Plays defensive lineman, uh, the fourth ranked defensive lineman according to two four seven Sports Composite. He uh, looks like a stud. Yeah, and those are the places where they could really uh, 
really make it happen. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I had something I was going to say. Oh, I remember. You keep going. Okay. Uh, last little nugget of news. Jake Roberts is a 2024 three-star tight end. Uh, he's been offered by CU. And if you go to his 247 sports page, he has a crystal ball prediction to Baylor at 100%. But he's just been offered by Coach Prime and Tim Brewster. What was the name? Jake Roberts. What's his size? Give me two seconds here. It's all leading into a tweet that I want to read you. Oh, excellent. He is listed at on 247 Sports at 6'4", 235. And what's he play? Tight end. Okay. Tim Brewster tweet from Let's one go. day ago. This guy is a rocket with size and toughness, a must-get player for the buffs. Hashtag play for prime. Who could he be talking about? Has to be Jake Roberts. It very well could be him. Um, there's a bunch of guys, though, that I was like, oh, who could he be talking about? There's, yeah. um, like Tyrone Broden, who yes. didn't end up coming this week, unfortunately. Yeah, interesting. Um, it looks like he visited Penn State and Oklahoma. Oh, really? Um, I didn't see the Oklahoma. <clears throat> well, three days ago, he tweeted about visiting Oklahoma. So I don't know if that was like the end of the week type of thing, mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe he was there on Friday. Um, but Broden is, is an option. He's an option. Tesla. Yes. An option. You want to talk about a guy that looks like imposing and like, I don't, I would not want to line up against that guy because yeah. he looks massive. 6'4, 210. Uh, GMAC Offensive Player of the Year. Let's go. <laughs> he just has the look of just an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, Could also be Eric Gilbert for thinking tight ends. Yeah. Woo. Former five star from Georgia. We'll see. It's going to get very interesting. We're going to talk about the Coach Brian documentary, but first I want to tell you all about... Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I saw someone in the comments say, like, was disappointed they didn't land more this weekend. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Seems like this this coming weekend yep. is going to be even bigger. Well, also, just stay tuned the next few days. I mean, guys have been posting pictures. Yep. Uh, Cavassier Smoke, I know, posted pictures. Um, I know someone else did. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But... Um, these guys kind of take their time in the transfer portal anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we talk about the documentary, though, I want to tell you, about, tell you all about Denver Health Medical, where it's open enrollment through January 15th. Um, when is that? That is through next Sunday. So if you're looking for health insurance, make sure you hit them up. You can call direct at 303-602-4912 or sign up online at denverhealthmedicalplan.org. Their Elevate exchange plans have options for individuals and families looking for cost-effective quality health insurance, specifically those who do not have health insurance offered through their employer. Check them out. Uh, They also have their new virtual mental health option called Elevate Mind, a 247 uh, at the cost of a normal copay. Great for those who need a convenient resource for mental health. As I said, open enrollment goes through January 15th. Call today at 303-602-4912 or visit www.denverhealthmedicalplan.org. Also, shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where it's the most, for me, it's the most bittersweet time of the year because mm. playoffs coming up, national championship, Yep. but football season's ending, man. I know. It is kind of sad, but I make all my money on Nikola Jokic anyway. Mm, that's right. <laughs> well... Right now, uh, DraftKings still going through with that promotion, but now they bumped it up to $200. If you bet $5 on any team on the money line and you win, you get $200 in free bets instantly. 
Do you have a pick of the week for us, Ryan? I do. Uh, speaking of my guy, Nikola Jokic, he is, and the Nuggets are taking on the Lakers tonight um, at Ball Arena. Nikola Jokic has been shooting the hell out of the ball recently. Uh, he has eight threes in the last five games. His over-under is set at .5 tonight. So take the like over that. on Nikola Jokic threes tonight. Uh, the juice isn't great, but we take dubs where we can get them. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DMVR. Where new customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Again, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's talk about the Coach Prime documentary. Let's. Where do you want to start? Well, first of all, we're starting at episode three. Yes, episode three. Um, and I guess, do you, want, do you want to go micro or macro first? Um, let's go, go micro. Okay. Let's, let's ease into it a little where bit. Do you, where do you want to start? So near the start of episode three, we kind of saw uh, Travis Hunter's rehab and getting back on the field. And you saw, I don't know if you actually watched, but like that first game of the season, I believe against Florida A&M, where he kind of played, but mm -hmm. he wasn't exactly healthy, obviously on the field. But then you can see the difference between an unhealthy and a healthy Travis Hunter right away in the episode three when he, the release you told me about that he hits in practice. Whew. It's one of the nastiest routes I've ever seen. <laughs> um, like I... I'm actually, maybe I'll go do it tonight. I'm, I'm mad at myself that I didn't pause it, rewind it, clip it, and put it on yep. Twitter because the dude is just running a slant, but he f gives him a, a little fake on the out route and absolutely sends this kid just like he did on the basketball court. <laughs> yeah. um, that route running, I mean, it's, it's legitimately Jerry Judy-esque yes. uh, when you see it. And it's. I'm starting to agree with you that Let's maybe... Go. Um, I mean, he's going to be an NFL player regardless, but maybe he has the highest ceiling mm -hmm. at wide receiver. Yeah, he's dynamic, man. Um, just seeing how he grinded through injury, too. Let's go a bit more macro. At the beginning of episode three, um, I can't remember who the coach is, but the uh, the who is SWAT controversy came uh, up. Ah, yes. Eddie Robinson? Eddie Robinson Jr., yes. I believe. Mm-hmm. What what a uh, interesting battle to pick. Yes. Um, and it's one that I think a lot of people, other coaches in the SWAC, learned from his mistake. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, and I, it was just odd. It, I, I guess it, I would guess it was some sort of recruiting ploy, you know, right. like, you know, he's not really one of us, blah, blah, blah. But, man, did Coach Prime just bury him, use it as a branding opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the shirt on. They got the chant going. It was just ultimate backfire. Uh, and, again, I just don't know why you would want to pick a fight with Coach Prime. Provided one of Coach Prime's greatest quotes from uh, last season, and it's, if he ain't swack, who is swack? <laughs> yeah, if, yep, if I ain't swack, who is swack? Yeah, that's uh, that was something. That was it really something. was. Um, and it just, it, it's an interesting, I, I don't know exactly how to word this, but he knows how to take anything and turn it into something that works for him. Mm -hmm. And it's just a beautiful thing. Um, it, 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 it's a, it's a rare talent where you just can't really throw anything at him because he yeah. always knows how he can it's take like it. It's like a duck, man. It. It's just water off his back almost every time. It's almost like a great like uh, 
freestyle rapper. Right. And it's like anything you say, you're just setting him up for a bar later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, next big takeaway for me was just obviously episode three, Homecoming. But the culture at JSU, just how seriously they take Homecoming, how they get up for it, how festive it is. It was just really cool to watch. Uh, game day or not game day uh, good morning america shows up with michael strahan yes. for it um it just seemed like a massive party and i remember seeing people in the comments saying if you guys ever come out to jackson you got to come for homecoming um it looks amazing if we ever were to yes. that would be the time to go um and it made me sad because someone tweeted at me th this week saying or this weekend saying something along the lines of like well like what's up with cu's homecoming mm -hmm. and i'm just like that's as was outlined in there, I think it was Bartoloni who was like, yeah, you know, at other, you know, PWIs as they call them, uh, it's not like this. And it's, it's very much not like that uh, in Boulder, which is sad um, because it looks like an amazing time. Yeah. But it, there's uh, homecoming itself is really like the, it's in Boulder. It's meaning to me is that my friends who went to school, often choose that as the game to come back to and go to. Right. But there's not any like festivities or special attractions that at least, you know, draw a crowd. Like I think they do do a parade and like things like that. I just don't think anyone goes to it. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to even remember what the homecoming game was last year. And it was the Arizona state game. Yes. Which I wasn't even there for. Sadly. Yeah. Um, that was a Jordan Tyson breakout moment. That's when he earned oh, right, right. Uh, player of the week offense and special teams. But yeah, I mean. One of my three home games that I've missed in the last 21 years. That's all right. <laughs> it gets better. Um, but yeah, man, it'd be cool to see you kind of turn up for homecoming and really make an event out of it. I'm sure with Coach Prime at the helm now, they're going to do something different, right? Well, and I just think there could be those sort of like cultural impacts of Coach Prime and, you know, just everything that he brings to Boulder. Uh, I hope he's, he, you know, all it takes is like one quote, right? Where mm -hmm. he's just like, hey, like, why don't we get homecoming popping around here? Like, it's not going to yeah. be the same, of course. Uh, and, you know, only in our dreams could it ever be, but even just making it more of an event and making it more of something that people, you know, put on their calendars and whatever, uh, would be cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the culture though, I just thought that, I mean, we learned a lot about JSU in that episode three, we learned a lot about the history of HBCUs and just the pride that those people take in their school, in their city, I thought was really cool. Um, and it's easy to see how this, city and just community got so united around coach prime and the football team because not only did he lean into it but they just love jackson they love jackson state yeah and i loved like the players talking about jackson uh i can't remember if it was was bolden me i think it was bolden who was just talking about like how much he loves the city of jackson how mm -hmm. and how much you know he'll be back and you know he'll always show love to the city hopefully they always show love to him like it was just cool, uh, and it's one of my favorite things about college sports, really sports in general, but in this context, college sports is like these guys, and this is going to happen a lot, these guys end up in places they would have never gone uh, otherwise. Even Coach Prime said he had never been to Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. Mississippi before he had the interest in this job. Um, but, for example, like Evan Batty, who right. played for the basketball team, Maybe you never would have set foot in Boulder, Colorado if it weren't for the fact that he was a student athlete and was recruited by the Buffs and loved Coach Boyle and decided to join what was a historic class at the time. He comes to see you, 
ingratiates himself with the community immediately, spends four or five years playing and playing well, uh, obviously overcomes a stroke that he has his freshman year, and now he forever holds a place within the community. And anytime he comes back, they'll show him on the screen and he gets a standing ovation. And it's just like the way that um, especially these college specific communities will rally around a personality or a player based on things they've been through or things that they do while they're on campus is just a a really special effect. And I think that this episode did a great job of, of showing some of those stories. For sure. Uh, Nugget was a great story, too. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, he's someone who's dealt with a lot in his personal life, a lot of mental struggles, and just seems like he's been in a great environment or was in a great environment at Jackson State with just the general support structure that that university and that city has been able to create. Um, that was honestly my biggest takeaway from these last two episodes, just how cool Jackson, like the campus seems. Like it is alive when yeah. you're walking through campus, like yeah. there's all sorts of stuff going on. People put in on performances of all kinds. Yep, really cool. Uh, just a lot of fun. Let's talk about our guy. We got a segment from Andrew or Alejandro Mata. Ah, uh, um, yes. He, that was cool, man. It was cool. Um, I loved, you know, because he was a freshman too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's experiencing all the stuff we just talked about for the first time. But like, I loved uh, them showing him like watching the dances during homecoming. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, I forget what game it was. It's hard to remember because they go through them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They won a game completely on his shoulders. And it was a little bit of a peek inside of why Coach Prime loves him and trusts him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the whole game ended up being on his shoulders because it was just field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal. And he went out there and he no- he knocked it down every time. Now, none of them looks particularly difficult. Right. But I just think that moment, the pressure, all of that comes with it. Um, Coach Prime has a trust for Automata, and it makes sense to me why he wanted to bring him here. Exactly. That right there. I mean, not to get into the kicker drama, but Coach Prime really trusts Mata. I trust Mata just because of that. Yeah. I mean, trust is everything when it comes to a kicker. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that Cole Becker couldn't have earned his trust right. or uh, Jace Feely won't earn his trust. But in a position like that where it's so black and white, mm-hmm. you either make it or you miss it. Right. There's no effort questions. Like, there are, like, there. There's so much that goes into a player anywhere else on the field, whereas kicker is just, do I trust you to make the kick? Mm-hmm. And he trusts him. And so he had. I, I understand why he wanted to bring a guy in who, who he knew all else fails, I trust Mata. And now he's got the advantage of playing at elevation in the thin air, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I'm sure that career long is going to be it'll, – it'll, I guess, grow. It'll be a longer career long after or this next season. Or he'll just never have to try a long field goal. That would be great too. <laughs> Just kick extra points. Yes. Um, wrapping up episode three, uh, the celebrities that he brings on the field, how that hypes up the team before the game, during the game, hypes up the crowd. Yeah. Uh, get ready, man. It's going to be insane. And I do think there is a way to like work in these celebrities with the run out with Ralphie. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw last week his some of his concerns about Ralphie were eased a little bit. Yeah. Uh, found some common ground <laughs> with the eight toes. <laughs> uh, but even like the Ralphie um, director told him like Ralphie goes first. You don't have to worry right. about that. But like 
you could give um, Snoop or whoever it is like a Buffs flag running out there <laughs> with them too. You know, like uh, I think there will be some some wild scenes mm -hmm. uh, on the sideline in Boulder this year, starting with that Nebraska game, which might just be everything. That might become like a Colorado like holiday after whatever happens. <laughs> well, and I assume, you know, they'll do a bunch of official visits that week because it's, oh, it's in to. September. For sure. So the weather will be incredible, which the weather a lot of people are learning is almost always incredible. Yeah. Um, but early September, hot day. Beautiful, packed house, big game. Celebrities are going to want to be there. Potentially game day. They might bring in 30 official visits that weekend. Right. Uh, to go back to uh, your point about the weather, we got a tweet from Shador Sanders now about the weather. Ah, uh, yes. No, this uh, was about the scenery. Or the scenery. That's what it was. I'm trying to find it. The scenery every day in Colorado is amazing with the hard eye emoji. It really is. and Especially out in Boulder. I was just going to say, it's on a different level in Boulder. Yeah. Um, it almost bums me out a little bit that I grew up there, so it became <laughs> so yeah. normal to right. me to just look outside and see that level of scenery. But now that <clears throat> you know, I've I've lived in Denver for a little, almost a decade. Um, it's like when you come back and you drive over that hill and you're yep. coming over into thir over thirty six and coming down into the Boulder Valley. It's just like, damn, like I can't imagine. I I just wish I could experience that for the first time like right what that what that looks like when you when you pull in not to go too off topic but on a saturday for the basketball game when i was driving in i come over the hill and i saw the stadium lights on mm. and i was just imagining what was going on because this the field had to be still covered in snow they're probably still taking pictures out there with a bunch of recruits and stuff yeah for sure I haven't seen anything yet but they got to be coming i mean i we've seen some of the classic car picks Mm -hmm. uh from this last weekend but yeah i think a lot of uh, they do a lot of like events um in that area where we went for the nil yeah thing, mm -hmm. right there in the in the end zone and then they'll obviously take them to the champion center i just think they want it lit up when they look out onto the field mm -hmm. um yeah it just looked really cool episode four titled the perfect season um doesn't it's not the conclusion that it the episode title kind of made it sound to be, though. I think that's one of our big takeaways. So, originally, they said it was a four-part docuseries. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine it ends there. Uh, maybe there's only one more episode coming, um, which would make kind of make sense, right? You tie a bow on the Celebration Bowl and the move to Colorado. But if that is the end, an odd ending, in my opinion, um, my big takeaway from this, and really both episodes, was how great coach prime speeches are yes and i almost feel like it's an underrated part of a coach because some of them don't do it mm -hmm. um i i talked to a player on the broncos who was talking about i asked him about like what is what are, what are vic's speeches like mm -hmm. uh when vic fangio was that coach and he was just like uh he doesn't really give them he just says like let's go get him and yeah. he goes and then you could contrast that with Coach Prime in there uh, before the games, but even the halftime is what really got yeah. me going. I can't remember what game it was. I think they were up 21-17 at halftime of one of the games. And he said he was so disappointed when he did a sideline interview uh, with the pregame show. Mm -hmm. And then just goes off in the locker room. But not like 
cursing guys out. Obviously, right. he doesn't even curse. Uh, and not like demeaning them, just reminding them of the expectations that he has for them and what they're capable of. Uh, and then they go out there and they absolutely blow the doors off their opponent in the second half. And it's just like, man, this guy really knows how to play the right notes to get guys fired up. Um, and I'll go back to a conversation we had with Charles Johnson when he was on the set with us. And, you know, he was talking about the similarities between uh, Coach McCartney and right. Coach Prime. And I talked about kind of one of the things that I said reminds me of them. And it's that that motivational aspect, mm -hmm. which we already know just how great of a speaker uh, Coach Prime is. But, man, when he, like, gets in his bag and he starts riling those guys oh, yeah. up, it just it goes a long way. Yeah, his intensity and his passion just yep. for the game, not only for the game, but for young people and just coaching not football but life to these people and trying to put into words just the the impact of the opportunity that's in front of a lot of these people, uh, students or not, it's it's profound. I mean, we kind of got a firsthand experience ourselves during that uh, introductory press conference. You really felt the passion uh, and the power that he has just as a person and as a motivator. Probably the most interesting part of these two episodes that we watched, at least for me, was when Mark Pope was uh, voted off the team. What a moment. Yes. Um, I felt like, just personally, from an editorial standpoint, we could have we tapped into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there was a few pieces missing of that story. Yeah. I didn't really know what was happening mm -hmm. when the scene uh, was going on until the very end. Uh, and so the, the big question I had was, did the players know mm -hmm. who he was talking about? Did I don't get, think they did. I don't think that they did either. And that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, Jake. I had li I've literally been in the exact same scenario in my life where uh, a player on our team screwed up and the coach essentially said the only way you get to stay on this team is if every player on the team votes for you to stay and in this case um we all did we voted for him to stay um in their case it was more than half yep. voted for them to go uh and i it, i don't in the in the doc you didn't really know what happened or why that that came up but it was very interesting to see Coach Prime allow that to be a democracy. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think the coaches even expected that either. I can't remember which coach it was, but he kind of turned to the coaches when he started the whole thing about doing the vote. And one of the coaches is like, think about it, you know, think on it. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I already have. Like, yeah. he, he kind of already made up his mind and he just wanted the team's thoughts on it, I guess. And, just the way he described the situation, I mean, it was it was intense, man. And I could not imagine really being in Mark Pope's shoes. I've got a tweet from him here. Since deleted, it's pretty long. Um, but he, he kind of gives his side of the story to things. Um, basically, a gist of it, I guess he entered the transfer portal. He was at Miami. Comes to Jackson State. Um, before he was even enrolled, had like a practice or whatever at Jackson State got hurt um which yeah pretty big deal yeah um and then he comes back to jackson in august uh, around camp said he missed camp due to that injury and then was not allowed to travel with the team um which 
he said was no reason. Um, and then he thought he entered the portal again after the first game, came back out of the portal, and then this is when all this kind of went down where he was not getting playing time. Um, apparently, this is what he said he said during that situation that kind of forced the vote. Uh, apparently, he said, fuck this shit, I'm ready to go home. But he said that he never said anything about uh, the family at Jackson State or the team. That co- that's what Coach Prime overheard, was saying that he wanted to go home, and that's kind of how it went. Mm, yeah. There's more to that story. Yep, for sure. There's always more to that story. Um, it's the old two sides of the story and the truth scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there was more at play there than just that. Yep. But uh, it was interesting, and it was clear that, to me at least, that they had had a conversation before that team meeting, mm-hmm. and Coach Prime told him, I'm leaving it up to the team. Yep. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. Yeah, super intense. Um, kind of glossed over this one, but the start of episode four, college game day was at Jackson State. Wow. It was lit. Electric. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly when the last time game day was in Boulder, but it was a long time ago, and it's got to happen this year. I figured this out. I So we've got a DMVR Die Hard article. It's kind of from all the beats that's coming out really soon. Um, and one of our points for the buffs is about What's college game day. The article is 20 buffs predictions for 2023. Oh, I believe, so Nuggets came out today. I don't know who comes out tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure ours comes out on Wednesday. Anyways, my point is, is I kind of dug deep and tried to figure out when the last time game day was not only in Boulder, but the bus participated in a game day game. Mm -hmm. So last time was September 13th, 1997. Do you know who they played? September 13th, so it's got to be at the beginning of the season. 97. This wasn't in Boulder. Okay, okay. This is on the road. I'm going to guess Florida State. Michigan Wolverines. Mm. Uh, The 14th-ranked Michigan Wolverines took on the 8th-ranked Buffs. I'm pretty sure Michigan won that game. Last time College Game Day was in Boulder was the year before for the same matchup. Okay. 96. It was kind of like the miracle at Michigan... Mm-hmm. Rematch. Yes, I think um, so. Of course, if you guys, I I feel like most sports fans are familiar with the play, the Cordell Stewart play. Um, but if you aren't, uh, Google it. Miracle at Michigan, Buffs, hail mary, last play of the game. Cordell Stewart to Michael Westbrook. Uh, I think he throws the ball seventy six yards, seventy six air yards. It's uh, from where he releases it. A tremendous like <laughs> video game throw. Yeah, even I don't even know if you can throw it that far with no. 99 throw power in a video game. <laughs> yeah. um, but just one of the most amazing moments. So I assume they kind of renewed the series and game day said, okay, we mm-hmm. got to be there for this one. Um, if the scenes at Jackson for game day or anything to go by and they do get game day, maybe it's the Nebraska game, maybe it's the USC game, just any game, it's going to be insane in Boulder. There's just no way they don't do this um, just because of the way that Coach Prime attracts mm-hmm. people, uh, attracts eyeballs, attracts interest. Uh, and so it, to, to this day, Jake, you know, they're playing the national championship today. Obviously, mm-hmm. both of those two teams are making big headlines. But I don't know if there's a team 
being talked about as much. Uh, that is obviously nowhere near the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, out of anyone other than the teams that were in the playoff, than Colorado. Right. So everyone knows that Coach Prime drives ratings, drives eyeballs. Game day will be there in Boulder this year. I, I feel confident in that. Me too. Um, just a couple more talking points. I think we actually covered most everything this time. Jackson State got their rings in episode four. They that, were sweet. They were sweet. That really confused me because I didn't realize I they were the rings from the previous me season. Me too, yes. So I'm like, wait, when was the, <laughs> when was the championship game? I, I was like, did I miss something? Like, I feel like I checked a tweet or two during this show, but I feel like I didn't miss an entire right. championship game. Um, but man, those were awesome. And I, I, and Coach Prime said that's what it's all about. It is the best thing that can happen is the feeling when you open that box, put that ring on your finger. That's the best thing you can do in football, and I cannot wait for that to happen for Colorado. I love how the rings could like you could pop off the top and they could like put it on a chain or yep. something too. That's, that's dope. A, yeah, that's a big thing. I think the Broncos Super Bowl Fifty uh, ring was one of the first ones that you could do that with. Hell yeah, that's awesome stuff. Last part, at, towards the end of episode four, we saw Coach Prime addressing the Colorado rumors. I don't think we necessarily learned anything from that. It was kind of the same content and yes. stuff. Um, but it was just, uh, oh. I mean, you saw like him talking to the team after the, uh, the SWAC title game and stuff, letting them know about he's leaving and all that. One thing that w- was new, at least for me, uh, was the response from the team. Yeah. Because you would expect... A lot of guys putting their heads down or being upset. And the guys who stood up and just said, I want to thank you. You've been a father figure to me. Uh, you know, you helped me so much. All of this stuff was like mind blowing. Yeah. That that was even just, a, I'm sure it wasn't everyone's feeling, but even just a few guys to have that feeling in that moment was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool. I mean, the love that Coach Prime has for a play for his players and the love that he gets back from them is just amazing to see. It's honestly kind of unlike any type of coach player relationship I've really ever seen. Hey, Kale, could you ask them to turn the music down a little downstairs? Thank you. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it with the documentary. Did we miss any uh, Nick Saban type stuff like we did last time? <laughs> I don't think so, man. It, it was just, it was a. Uh... I thought I felt like this one is actually more focused on his coaching. Yeah. And I was so impressed. Uh, I just continue to be so impressed with how good of a coach he is. Yep. Truly. Not, you know, again, I've said it a million times, but I'll, I'll keep banging this drum. Not some sort of gimmick, not some sort of shtick, not some sort of bit. Like, dude loves coaching and is great at it. Yes, he is. Thank you, Kale. Um,. I hope we get an episode or bonus episode or something. We gotta I, see gotta some be. celebration bowl stuff. It it didn't end like a finale ends. Yeah. So I think it I think we uh I think we'll see it. Like even if it ended there, I don't know. I don't know. I guess uh, we'll see. Oh, that's a good one. His reaction to the Shador Sanders concussion. That was when he said, um, you know, dad kind of took over at that point i wasn't a coach i was his dad in that moment mm-hmm. um and shador talked like shador was concussed the way he talked about it like oh, yeah he didn't remember it um i mean and just how we cared for travis hunter through his injury too i mean he gets it for the players he gets that 
you know, of course every player wants to play, and of course they're going to try their hardest to get out there, but he understands how to protect his players. Absolutely. Uh, and even before that, I think it was a little bit foreshadowing, but Coach Prime went up to Shador after he took a hit and just said, like, you can't be taking hits like that. Mm-hmm. Come on. I can't, yep. I can't have you taking hits like that. And it's so true. Like, yeah. <laughs> and when I watch, it's funny because I'm watching a documentary where I know the outcome. Like, I know, like, but I see some of these hits he gets. I'm like, no, that's my quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, don't yeah. let him get hit like that. <laughs> um, another interesting point from Lawrence there, the fact that Shiloh came back from a torn ACL after five and a half months. Crazy. Something that I think one of our commenters left in a, after the show. Yes, last um, week. Last week. I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did not realize that he was not himself last year. Yeah. So, you know, I think, again... That word depth keeps coming up, which is a is a foreign word in Boulder for the last however many years. <laughs> yeah. But the safety depth, I mean, just Shiloh, Trevor Woods, Slusher alone is like. And Silman good, Craig. Silman Craig, yeah, I guess I keep thinking of him as more of a nickel, but um, all of, like all of those, all of a sudden you have legitimate players who you can rotate in and out. Right. Um. Anything else before we move on to questions? I love the way that uh, Coach Prime avoids cursing. Yes. It's just like instead of damn, it's dern. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It, it, it cracks me up every time. He's on it, too. It doesn't seem like he ever lets one slip. <clears throat> sure doesn't. Him and uh, Philip Rivers have that in common. <laughs> yeah. Last time we talked about Philip Rivers on this show. <laughs> uh, before we get to your guys' questions, you guys know we love our Breck Breck beers here at dmvr and i can finally tell you all about the mile high city golden ale that is coming out or it's already out um and we're having our breckenridge brewery nuggets watch party on friday kale who are they playing on friday do you know Uh, they're playing the clippers on friday come hang out at the dmvr bar uh we're gonna have drink specials first dibs on breck slash dmvr shirt collabs uh tons of giveaways it's gonna be retro themed and, of course, the game starts at 8 p.m. You can find all their great brews, uh, Mountain Beach Sour. I believe they're still doing the Christmas Ale and Buddy Pass, if you're interested in those, or if you want to drink for two. Uh, <laughs> fun Slinger's still out there. Uh, check out their beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Breck brew near you. All right. A lot of familiar faces. Sparky, E-Love, Jamel, what is up? Sparky ass. Slusher starting over Trevor Woods. I don't know. I don't know. It's a great question. Um, It'll be interesting. I just want to know. I I don't know how they're going to format this defense yet. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a couple kind of thoughts. I think we talked about like a 4-2-5, maybe not being the base, but being something they use a significant amount. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting, like when they get on the field next to each other, because I don't want to take anything away from Trevor Woods. I feel like I've been trying to pump Trevor Woods up ever since, right. you know, the Coach Prime era started. <clears throat> but he's also was being compared to a very bad supporting cast, and it was like Trevor Woods is dope, yeah, because he actually looks like he belongs on the field. We we will see once he gets out there and starts competing next to legitimate competition for his job now. Um, who stands out? Mm-hmm. But I think I think you're gonna see several safeties step on the field, yep. and you know, 
third down, maybe you have um, one of them playing as a linebacker, right. you know, and you can just you, there's a lot of different things you can do in in sub packages and whatnot. So I don't know about who's going to start, but I think both of those guys are going to play a lot. Yeah, another documentary takeaway. I don't remember who said it. it might have been Andre Hart, but it was one of the defensive coaches when they were going in to play Campbell, and they were talking about how multiple they are on defense also to try and match uh, you know, tempo teams. And I think we're going to see a lot of that here at CU. Uh, just going back and watching some Charles Kelly stuff from like Florida State in like 2020 Alabama, they mix it up. They'll do four-man fronts, three-man fronts. Um, they'll, one, they'll sometimes have one standing edge. Sometimes they'll have both standing edges. Um, they'll have big slots with safeties or linebackers, or they'll just put in another, another corner. It's very multiple. When it comes to Trevor Woods, though, yeah, we'll see. Rooting for him, though. I know. And he, he's he's made some plays. He yep. won he or saved the Cal game, yep. the one win that they got this year on an incredible play, for those of you who didn't see it. Uh, Cal wide receiver. Is it the game-tying touchdown? Or would it, would it have been game-winning? Um, it was it was the game-tying because the Buffs scored in overtime before that. Right. So... Game tying touchdown. Cal wide receiver is wide open mm -hmm. and is a little too nonchalant with the catch. Trevor Woods comes out of absolutely nowhere, absolutely levels the guy, knocks the ball out on third down, forcing fourth down. They don't get it on fourth down. Buffs win. Incredible moment. That's just who he is as a player, too. Just super fast and uh, just Wrecking knows ball. for the football. Yeah. Yep. A couple, a uh, couple targeting ejections yeah, yeah give you an idea of how he's a little reckless out there <laughs> he is and nice to have other players in the fold with exactly the, with the targeting <laughs> stuff out there um what's up jay he asked is it true that colorado is the sunniest state in the country and if so why aren't you talking about it on every show we pretty much do um no seriously people need to know and not fear the snow um I feel like we've tried to talk about it as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, the weather here is divine. Um, I I don't know technically the stats on what's the sunniest state. Obviously, Florida is literally oh, the sun. California's got to be yeah, but up there too. The stat is that we get 300 days of sunshine yep, for uh, sure every year, uh, and it's it's never that cold. And when it's nice out, it is just incredible well let's go back to yesterday for our tailgate yeah it was beautiful yeah it's like 45 but the sun is beating on you yeah legitimately everyone is shedding their jackets yes. at the tailgate t-shirts mm -hmm. yeah it was a great day by um, the way 155 thumbs up yep got to keep our streak of getting 200 before let's the show jack ends. it up let's go uh elove did you see shiloh shador and shalomi house shopping i haven't seen that yet i saw it was uploaded haven't watched it yet. there's a lot of questions in here about different content have we seen i know there is so much content and yes <laughs> i am not complaining it is amazing it's great it's it's like a full-time job just to keep up with it it really is it's like okay tell me about it <laughs> one, of the, one of the comments is like did you see the the latest video from the pregame show yeah. it's like damn it they weren't even on my list i know like i didn't uh, got well off well now shiloh's blowing up his youtube channel yeah shiloh shador's got his own youtube channel travis yeah. it's amazing but it is it's like you need a a list like literally write down okay <laughs> yeah. don't forget to watch this one don't forget to watch that one that's what i'm doing after this is catching up on youtube videos i haven't been able to watch the past two days so yeah i've been uh for those of you who don't know we have a dnvr madden league 
which is oh, tell them. incredible. It's a 32-team Madden League, um, mostly Broncos fans because it started within that community, but it's expanded kind of just to the DNVR community, and it's very competitive. So, like, my late, late night, it's like midnight, I just practice, and my new thing is I just throw, like, a well-off or some <laughs> video on, like, while I'm playing, practicing, just so I can catch up. That's one of the first things I do when I get home is I post the podcast and then I go to YouTube, check ours, and then I go to well off and everything else. Yeah, it's it's incredible how much content there is. It's great. Uh, speaking of YouTube content, Lawrence asks, any news on Willie Taggart joining the staff in some capacity? He was in Boulder this past weekend, according to well off in the pregame show. And uh, yeah, his son was visiting last weekend, Willie Taggart Jr. Um, as I said, haven't caught up. Um, in terms of the coaching staff, I actually don't really know on that one. Really? Well, so he was supposed to, it was like in the media before, before we got to talk to coach prime. Yep. It was circulating in the media that, uh, Willie Taggart was joining. Yep. I think and then well, offensive coordinator, right? That's what some kind of, I don't, I don't know if it was that high, Okay. but it was some like notable role yeah um but then i think he came out himself and said no i'm not going to be coaching at colorado and that he was debating but he had some nfl offers and some other offers from uh power five schools i believe um so he kind of dismissed that himself and then i'll just say when we talked to coach prime he never said his name okay so we'll see from connor for those that are familiar with the program uh are you seeing going from one win to a bowl game in a year yes yes Yep. Um, with the number one transfer class in the country, I think I said a couple weeks ago, like, it's fair to expect it. No, it really is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> number one transfer class in the country, 21 right now or 23? Are they up to 23 at this point? No, 21, I think. Um, I can check for you here. Maybe 22. Um, it's a lot. I think because they got to number one before Slusher. Or no, no. 20 total is what it says. Okay. Well, there you go. Sorry for um, my uh, fumbling there. Either <laughs> way, right. originally we said they can bring in, I want to say I said like upwards of 35 new players. I think we're already past that. Mm -hmm. um, so the roster has been overhauled. The transfers are high, high caliber players. This is not, the one win has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Like just throw the one win out. It's not, it's a different team. Yep. It's like comparing, you know, I don't know. USC and before Riley and Bowling after. Green, yeah, like it's just it's a there aren't it's a whole new team. They wear the same colors and they have the same logo and they're gonna have a couple holdovers, right? But one win has nothing to do with this with the Coach Primera. Um, this is kind of weird. Looking at Buff Stampede, it says it was updated on the ninth, but it doesn't have uh, Yusef's commitment or Slusher's commitment actually logged in. So, I don't know, okay. 22, I guess, transfer? 23 with the long snapper? Okay, yeah. It's growing, yeah. and it's gonna, it's just going to keep on going. And I told you, and you said it too last week, like, don't worry about the scholarship number. They'll figure yeah. out how to fix that later. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to go like 10, 12 over by, all, yeah. by the time all is said and done. And I mean, I, I'm shocked how many players they're, they're actually have been able to bring in here because... Like I said, I originally thought, like, yeah, they can maybe get 30, 35 new players. I think they're already up at, like, 37, 38. Yeah, so. they're aiming for 50-plus. CSU did that last year, though. I know. 
they basically just took the Nevada roster. For sure. I mean, didn't do much for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what it does for them uh, in week three. Super chat from Brooklyn Boy. Uh, thank you for the super chat. I said, y'all see Shiloh play the piano on Well Off Media. I did not see that one yet. Gosh. We were, he can play the piano too, huh? Crazy. Um, we need to catch up. Did you see the story of the kid in Aurora um, who can play the piano? No. It's incredible. It's like a, like a young boy with autism in Aurora who I guess his parents had like an old keyboard in the basement. And the kid literally just like sat down and started playing it. And wow. was just like making music. Um, and then it went on to this like a local piano tuner was so impressed by him that he like took out of his retirement fund and spent $15,000 on buying a grand piano for wow. this family in Aurora from Ghana. Uh, and now the kid is just like, like the kid was literally described as Mozart level. His name is Jude Kofi. He's 11 years old. Yes. Crazy. You got to watch the story. It blew my mind. I've got it pulled up. I can't wait. And it's like a a feel good story. Like I shed a tear or two. Yeah. This looks great. Um, Uh, anyways, but no, I haven't seen we'll catch up on the videos tonight. Yes, for sure. Um, Oh, let's go. From Sean. What's up, Sean? Coach Prime live on set at College Game Day right now. College Game Day right now. Oh, oh for the Natty. Damn. Oh, shit. We missed. I know. I didn't even know about that. Well, we'll go back and catch that. Hopefully, there's something that we can talk about tomorrow. I just got tagged in something. Someone said, are you guys live while this is happening? Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We didn't know. <laughs> uh, All right. Yep. I was tagged in it, too. Damn, he's right there with Sabin. Oh, yeah. Wow. Shit. I'd love to hear what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, there you go. Eight more thumbs up, guys. Let's go. Uh, Jared, has a coaching hire ever made this much difference this fast? No way. I mean, Lincoln Riley obviously went into USC and turned things around immediately. But also... He didn't rebuild a program from exactly. the ground up. That's not a one-win program. Yes. That's also that's a USC, you know, who's coming off of a disappointing era, but certainly not ground-up construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm obviously not speaking from knowing every coaching hire ever, but I I truly don't think anyone has been able to go and change the perception of a place so quickly. I mean, this is from laughing stock, which I can say, uh, to top tier, at least in terms of relevancy. Look at the look at the names they're being included with in these top tens and top eights, man. Um, TCU though, Sunny Dykes uh, had a hell of a turnaround this year. Sheesh! How many games did they win last year though? Five. I believe four. Four or five? I think it was five actually. Okay, but. That's impressive. That mm-hmm. is impressive, especially considering they fired the guy who built their program. The, the program. Yes. Um, that being said, I don't know. Like, was um, Duggan on campus before he got there, or did he bring him in? No, Duggan's been there. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson was there too. Some mm-hmm. nice building blocks. Certainly. Um, from Dom with the Yusuf commit, who's your front five? I don't think it's changed from when we did this 
Thursday or Friday last week. Um, it's nice to have again. that competition. If he yes. wins one of those spots, then you say, wow, he's the truth. Yeah. But I'm with you. Uh, we had Tank, um, Jada or Wilty, I believe. Van Wells, Tyler Brown, Savion Washington. I like it. Uh, I think we win uh, Jada. Jada? Which yeah. I would lean. For sure. 200. Let's go, let's go guys. Clutch. I think that's a four. Well, actually, uh, we only started keeping track four times ago, but it's at least a four-show streak. Oh, well, have you gone back and looked at how high they get oh, after yes. the fact? <laughs> oh, yes, because all the people who don't watch the show live and yep. can't watch the show live come through and show love afterwards, which yep. we appreciate. Oh, it's been amazing. Nicholas, any news on the start of spring practices? Haven't heard, man. I'm Trust me, I'm waiting to hear, too. <laughs> he wants to know, man. You uh, you might have to DM him when, uh, yeah. when the news comes through. Yeah. Um, who's next? We got two from Jamel. This is one for you, Ryan. Why do you call it CU if it's the University of Colorado? Great question. And I think this must have come up on a well-off video this weekend. It or did. Someone's video. Yeah, because I, I saw, saw a whole breakdown of it. Yeah. I saw people tweeting about this uh, at Shiloh and Shador. Um, essentially, when the Big 8 formed, all of the... All of the abbreviations that the teams were going to use were already taken. OU was being used, or sorry, UO was being used by Oregon. UC was being used by the California schools. Um, you know, you, you're starting to get my point here. So all of the teams in the Big Eight decided to flip it around. Think of it CU, OU, NU, KU. KU. Exactly. So mm -hmm. that is. That's the long and short of it. Uh, they wanted to be a little bit different. They didn't want to just be UC just because all you know th that had already been done. Um, and in in hindsight, it was like a genius hell yeah branding thing. Yeah, because no one thinks of no one even thinks of like Clemson if you say CU, right? Because I don't think anyone calls it that there. Mm -hmm. no, I've I've met a couple people from Nebraska who thought I was talking about Creighton. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> few and far between there. Um, so it turned out to be a genius decision. I mean, obviously, OU is a is a iconic college football brand. Why can't I think of other teams that were in the Big Eight? Well, don't they but call we named it plenty. UT for Texas? They don't call it TU, do they? That is true. But they kind of just call it Texas. Right. Like, they don't really go with the abbreviation. Yeah. Even if you looked at, like, the bottom of the scoreboard, I would assume it would just say, like, TEX mm -hmm. instead of UT. Uh, who else was in the Big Eight? I think we at least got six of them. You got most of them. <laughs> Zach, worst to first. It's going to be tough. Very um, tough. Cam Rising's coming back, too, we learned today. God. I know. I know. <laughs> um, it's going to be tough. What is Cam Rising doing? What does he have to show in college football? I don't know, man. He's been there for so long. Yeah. I, he started as a true freshman. It almost feels like a, an admission that like the NFL might not be a... Uh, you know, yeah. there, there might not be any glory for him at the NFL level, which yeah. might be true. Um, so take in the glory while you can at Utah. Okay, he's been starting since 2020 when he was a first classified as a sophomore. Of course, the last two years, uh, so now he will be a senior. Same thing with Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix kind of sees the writing on the wall with the NFL and was like, yeah, I'll just come back to Oregon again. I mean, there's no, I, I, it must be awesome to be the starting quarterback of a good college football program. Right. That being said, you only have so many, uh, so many reps of football in yep. your career. 
that if you do want to make it happen at the next level, I would say that you would want to do it as, uh, as soon as possible. That being said, what can you do? I have some bad news. USF transfer running back Brian Beatty commits to Auburn. No. Damn, yep. we wanted him. Bummer. But uh, I want smoke. You want all the smoke. I want all the smoke. <laughs> I want smoke from Kentucky. I want smoke from A&M. Yep. All the smoke. Give me all the smoke. All the smoke. Um, they've had some hard luck on these running back transfers, man. Ray Davis they didn't get uh, um, get from Vandy. And it seemed like they had a shoe and connect with Darius Darden Box there and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Phillips. That didn't come out. Now Beatty. It kind of feels like the options have been getting better, though, although Beatty was electric. Yeah. and then Maybe the, there's, I don't know, there's different thoughts you could have on this, but um, with that one specifically, maybe he thought, like, you guys already have your change of pace speed right. back. Like, I don't want to come in and compete with Dylan right. Edwards. I don't know if that's the case, but. If that is, that's, that may actually be a good thing. Because it means Dylan Edwards is already putting people on notice. They sh- he should. Can't wait. I think he's going to be the quite possibly the, the fastest back in the conference the second that he sets foot on campus. He might be the fastest player in the conference. Might be the fastest back in the nation. Yes. Uh, one more super chat from Bacon and Cash. What is up, man? Can we get a Rob J commit to the show um, soon? Irons are in the fire. Yes, soon. He'll be back. <laughs> Irons are in the fire. We have more still? Um, okay. That's it. Anything else? Nope. I think, uh, like I said earlier in the show, it's only going to get better this weekend. Yep. Um, and then we'll have the usual three or four commitments pile in after we end this show. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, I'll catch up on well-off stuff today. We'll talk about that a bit more tomorrow. If you want to do the same, I guess. Oh, yeah. Missouri, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. But the state schools don't really count because they're already Oklahoma State University. Right. Um, but Missouri. Are MU. they MU? Like, it's another one where they just go by Mizzou. Right. True. All right. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, oh, another super buzzer beater. Chat. Sean again. <laughs> the NIL opportunities for both smokes in Colorado. <laughs> Great point, it's so Sean. Good. It's so good. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Primer's on with Nick Saban. We know. We're going to go catch up now. All right, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs.